man like there's nothing up that road. Where did the road go? No need to get upset. We'll find it. You know, we should have asked for better directions at the last gas station. Listen, I've never gotten us lost before. Now look, the sign pointed this way. Mike, let's go back to the crossroads and ask those kids we saw. Okay, okay, but I know we can't be wrong. Look, the sign pointed this way. Where did this place come from? It wasn't here a few minutes ago. I don't care. Let's see if we can get some directions. I am Torgo. I take care of the place while the master is away. We only want to know where Valley Lodge is. Which way do we go? There is no way out of here. It will be dark soon. There is no way out of here. don't have is a list of what I watched since last time. I can only think of one thing. Welcome to Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. We are a podcast that talks about horror movies, all eras, different kinds, good quality, horrifically bad quality. You know, we're going to spoil the movies that we talk about, at least the main features. And um, we're not professional critics. We're just art people who... Amateur critics. Amateur, yeah. <laughs> we're, criti- we're aspiring critics. They used the phrase last night over and over on the news that Hillary was, or their camp was cautiously optimistic. Yeah. And I, I thought they should be saying recklessly pessimistic. Yeah. <laughs> that would probably be appropriate. So um, we are recording this on... Wednesday, November 9th. So, you know what we know. Uh, thank you to the Moonrays for giving us the intro, Creature Features song that leads into this part where we're talking now. Uh, we're your hosts. I am Richard. I'm here with Will. Hello. And Jolian. Hello. What have you guys watched since last time? Um, I watched the second series of The Detectorist. The Detectorist? Yes. Their uh, metal detector. It's a comedy. (laughs) That's right. You talked about this before. How was Uh, it? It's pretty good. I mean, it's kind of a quirky, low-key comedy. It's pleasant. (laughs) Yeah. Have you been watching... That's on Netflix? That is... Yeah, on Netflix. Have you been watching The Fall? Uh, Jean watched The Fall. Yeah. She'll watch any British crime show. She had no interest in American crime shows, but uh, if it's British. I think that one's from Ireland, but hey, just hop across the waterway and you're there, right? Yeah, you're right. It is in Ireland. Yeah. Uh, 
But um, Gillian Anderson is originally from England, if I'm not mistaken. Nope. No? Nope. She's lived in London. Oh, she is that what it was? there. But uh. no, she's... I don't remember where she's from. It's somewhere in the States. Like Kansas or something? Yeah. All right. So, what you else? probably got her confused with Bob Hope. Yeah, I do that a lot. He was really hot in the X-Files, wasn't he, with his <laughs> glorious red hair? Yeah. Um, I think that's it. Hmm. I should probably go next because I watched The Fall. The, oh. I didn't bomb through it in like one night or anything, but over the course of the week since we were here last, I watched it. Such a happy show. You know, it lends itself <laughs> yeah. to binge watching. Oh, totally. You know. It's like, ooh, what's, what horrible thing's going to happen next? And uh, and you might have some something to say about this, or maybe not. Um, I watched the Black Dahlia last night because I really didn't feel mm. like watching the back and forth on on the election yeah. process. So I turned that movie on. Yeah, I felt like the events, a couple of them, were accurate, but the characters and their doings had nothing to do with the story, uh, the, the real events. Oh, it was totally inaccurate. It's it's fiction. It seemed like it was about 95% fiction. Yeah. I enjoyed that movie. It felt very noir. It did. It was an overly complicated plot. Everybody was morally questionable. Were they were they trying to do um LA Confidential? Is that kind of did it seem to you that's what they were going for? That complicated story with layers upon layers of intrigue and espionage <laughs> i don't know um that's funny i didn't care for uh la confidential hmm. <laughs> i don't know why i think it was hyped up to be like something really complicated and i think my friends and i thought there would be a twist or something yeah. like the usual suspects is kind of what they sold it as right and then it was very sort of straightforward mm -hmm. all the they were behind the scenes machinations aren't hidden there's nothing no the They're... the audience knows all and yeah. i think i was expecting more you were just watching a, peeling a the onion puzzle yeah layer by layer of the onion not a rubik's cube <laughs> so i should i should rewatch it maybe at some point um, can't think of anything else I've watched other than tonight's feature. <laughs> Jolien, what about you? I watched a bunch. Uh, so I, I watched, um, I haven't watched any horror movies apart from the assigned homework. But uh, I watched um, a few noir movies like uh, Blueprint for Murder, 1952. Seen that one? No. Gene uh, Peter. No. Gene no. Uh, Peters, uh, she's as... Um, She's this woman that Joseph Cotton suspects has poisoned oh. her kid. It might be up to poisoning the next one. Okay. Um, it's uh, it's kind of borderline noir. It's um, uh, there's this really impressive uh, shot where they they track through the investigators' offices. Oh. And it's like constant motion following the characters around and they, they had to build this special narrow gauge track yeah for the camera that's pretty good but most of it is pretty you know flatly directed it's kind mm -hmm. of documentary style but she's she's really good and you know joseph cotton's yeah 
pursuing her. Um, Whirlpool with Gene Turney. I know Gene Turney. I... 1949. That sounds vaguely uh, Jose Ferrer, Richard Conti. Yeah, Gene Turney is a kleptomaniac, and she, which brings her into the clutches of Jose Ferrer, who's a hypnotist. Oh. He frames her. Yes. Yeah, she gets deeper and deeper into trouble. And Richard Conti is her husband, and he's a psychologist. Yes. With a very poor sense of loyalty. So Miguel Ferrer's <laughs> father, isn't it? No, no, no. no. He's, no? he's not related. No, really. <laughs> no relation. Uh, Charles Bickford is in it. He's the model for uh, Captain Stacy in the Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. When, when Romita was drawing it, anyway. All right, I saw Transformers Age of Extinction. Oh, man, mm. was it good? Was it avant-garde? It was very entertaining. <laughs> uh, the first half hour or so is pretty straightforward. There are great this, movie like, farm or in the greatest Texas. movie? I don't know. It, it, They're on a farm in Texas. Uh, yeah. Which ties into this, tonight's movie. <laughs> right. Uh, I, like, I enjoyed it a lot more than Manos Hands of Fate. I would give it that. That is you a ringing get, endorsement. You certainly get a lot of spectacle. Um, uh, it's about half an hour of like dull, but pretty decently well done storytelling. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then cause and effect just goes to hell. It's just <laughs> like, all right, well, let's get down to the smashing robots. And... So skip the first 30 minutes. <laughs> Any laws of physics being broken? So, oh, yeah. Oh, good. Uh, most of the effects are just stunning, just amazing. There's just incredible things. But there's there's a couple of bits where I think, oh, did they finish that? There's like there's this and there's this slow motion bit where there's like a fight on a highway and these giant robots grapple each other and they go flying through the air and they go flying over a bridge. Uh huh. And in the foreground on the bridge, there's this uh, truck, and the driver of it is just this complete Gumby character. It's just like. Did they finish that? <laughs> no notice this foreground characters. It's wow, completely terrible. And then there's a bit where uh, this uh, a giant robot is riding on a giant robot dinosaur, and they crash through a moon gate outside of Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. And there's this like at the end of the shot, there's this like, big oblong schmutz on the over the explosion. What, what's that? Vaseline. Huh. It's Vaseline on the lens, isn't it? <laughs> um, yeah, and, and there's, there's, there's things like, um, you know, playing with space-time. Uh, the uh, human heroes jump in a spaceship in Chicago, hide out in an abandoned train lot somewhere, and then they, and then the next time you see them, they've all got a change of clothes hmm. from hmm. who knows where. Abandoned luggage <laughs> from an abandoned train. Yeah. <laughs> Um, there's a bit where uh, there's a couple jump in a car in Beijing and drive to Hong Kong, and they're like there in a, a minute. Wow! Like the entire eastern seaboard of China. Well, that's because we didn't see the Chinese cut. That there's a whole movie crammed in there. <laughs> yeah, it is, I think there's like they must have some pandering to the Chinese market. Oh, it's so big. Because there's a bit where the like the story just stops to watch these people who must be local pop stars sitting in a car and playing, you know, humming along to their own tunes or something. Yeah. And it's just, just it has no bearing or anything. It's not funny. But um yeah, it, 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 he you know, he Michael Bay just wants your jaw to hit the floor either with being astounded at the spectacle or sheer stupidity. 
of what's going on. And so, yeah. Mm. Sheer stupidity for 500, Alex. <laughs> I'll, I'll probably pass. <laughs> yeah. um, I've uh, seen the other three. Uh, Mother Noir, <clears throat> A Died a Thousand Times, 1955, Jack Palance, Earl Holloman, Lee Marvin, Shelley Winters, Laurie Nelson. Sounds familiar. Lon Chaney Jr., where Jack Palance has gotten out of jail and this gang brings him into to it. Uh, to do a heist and uh, yeah. and they're all they're kind of young punks he's not impressed with and he's kind of worried about and it all goes to hell and... yeah heist gone wrong yeah it's kind of a it's like a color cinemascope noir it's, it's I, I think it's pretty dull for most of its yeah. stretch you know it's got a good cast but you know it takes it takes a long time to get going uh, sort of the rack with uh, Paul Newman from a Road Serling story the rack yeah. He's this like he's been in Korea and he's come home and he's uh, you know he's he's welcomed as this hero but it turns out that while he was in a prison camp he uh, he was like um, signing propaganda stuff for the uh-huh. Koreans and he, but he's and then they put him on trial and it turns out he's been through all this traumatic stuff they've done to him uh, but that's got Lee Marvin in it as well um, uh, and Francis. Anne Francis and Walter Pigeon <laughs> return. Uh, Edmund O'Brien is in it as well. Okay. Yeah. Uh, one of the best movies I saw was Fantastic Planet, which just came out in Criterion Blu-ray. It's this uh, French animation from 1973. Love the artwork. Yeah, Roland did poor artwork, um, and which was then handed over to these Czech animators, and they so they did most of the work, but. Uh, René Lelou directed it. Um, you might have seen Roland Topor acting on screen in Nosferatu, the the Werner Herzog remake. Mm. But yeah, it's, it's a, such a cool, trippy movie. It's nothing like it. Um, Spaceflight IC1, which is British science fiction movie from 1965 about space colonists. Really, really dull. Yeah, <laughs> what was that one called? Space Flare IC1. Yeah. It is set in 2015, you remember? <laughs> mm-hmm. when, when there was this international mission to set up a colony on Earth 2. Oh, yeah. And they yeah. went out and they're like the worst possible people you can pick for it because they're all like neurotic or yeah. they turn into Captain Quig or, you know, there's a head in a bubble. They, that, that's a good bit. Yeah, they all lose their minds pretty quick. Yeah. These are not stable people they put on. No. <laughs> the world is going to be a very different place in 2015. Yeah. It's, it's like the Catch-22. Like The only people who are crazy enough to go on a Do one-way colonial crazy flight <laughs> should be the last people you should put on it. Uh, the Young Savages, 1961, Burt Lancaster, Telly Savalas. Yeah. I kind of JD I... movie came out the same year as West Side Story, but... It, not got any singing and dancing. Yes, yes, I have seen that. Yeah, it's really pretty stylishly done. Yeah. Earnest, grim stuff. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but... Uh, the Slime People, 1963. Oh! <laughs> the oh! Slime People. That's another one that Mystery Science Theater Oh, is. that one is so slow. <laughs> and it's filmed in the fog. Yeah, yeah. So you can't tell what the hell's going it's on. just people walking backwards and forwards in the yeah. fog and some hills outside of Hollywood or somewhere. They're in, well, at some point they're in like a warehouse or something 
and it's just in the fog and you can't see anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they hide out in this like market with all. Yeah, you, that's you know, you it. Can buy beef steak for sixty nine cents. Yes, that's right. <laughs> it's just like it's bad. The monsters look pretty neat. Yeah, yeah. And it was kind of a neat idea, the uh-huh. the electric dome or whatever that was right. over Los Angeles. Yeah, it's like Village of the Dam. Yeah, uh, but, whew, man, that one's a tough one to sit through. <laughs> wow. seen that one? No, I haven't. <laughs> okay, Slime People, 1963. There you go. Put that on the list for sure. Uh, okay, X-Men Apocalypse from this year. Oh. Have you seen that nope. one? Nope. I couldn't get through the last one. I, I like the... These I, ones mostly. My entire enjoyment of those films is going. Oh, that's that character, <laughs> right? It's really confusing <laughs> cool. in this one. You you really have to have to know the comics better than I do to follow it because there's characters who who are like really significant who turn up and you're supposed to know who they are. Yeah. Uh, and there's there's like at one point they send every nuclear weapon on the planet into orbit and then it's forgotten about it's dropped it just doesn't play a part in the rest of the the movie wow huh so that happened yeah (laughs) (laughs) i I might have missed something but i yeah i don't recall them referring to it after it happened all right i saw a tricked from 2013 it's paul verhoeven movie showgirls paul verhoeven yes (laughs) this is a guy like every other movie is great and then the other movie is like a pretty entertaining turkey. <laughs> so he, this is the guy Robocop and Starship Troopers and Total yep. Recall. And he's One the guy who Showgirls and Hollow Man. Yeah. I love Total Recall. Right. I really do. <laughs> it's so funny. But, but tricked, yeah. Uh, yeah, tricked. So I, I learned what the uh, Dutch word for dump is Skitsnack. Dump. Oh, dump. <laughs> dump. Um, but anyway, uh, it. What they did with this film is they um, they scripted five pages, put it up online, and then people would send in their ideas for what happens in the next five minutes or so. Wow. So they built this like kind of crowdsourced script and then made a coherent movie out of it, which sounds daring and I mean it must have you know, they must have been nervous about it, but it comes out as this kind of entertaining soap opera thing. Fascinating. Huh. But it is is a Paul Verhoeven thing. So it's a, a soap opera where you see a woman throwing up into a toilet which has a used tampon in it. Oh. Wow. But, yeah, it is, it is enjoyable, but it's not it's like, oh, this is a great way to make movies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so that was that. Uh, Swiss Army Man from this year. Have you seen that one? No. No. Uh, quirky indie comedy, which is not something that I get excited about. Generally, but Daniel Radcliffe plays this uh, corpse that farts a lot and uh, washes up on the beach of a guy who's stranded, who's I've, about to commit suicide. I've heard about it. And he no. sees the corpse and and he sees the, the as it breaks wind, as it rolls on the surf, it kind of pushes itself around. So he uses it as a jet ski and rides to another shore. This is a movie and not a skit? Yeah. And so, like, it's pretty funny for about 10 minutes. And then it's just quirky indie comedy. It's very well shot and acted. Yeah. Hmm. Um, but I, I, over the course of it, he finds out he can also 
pass water through the corpse and get drinking water and then he 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 starts building this kind of robinson crusoe uh recreations of his his forlorn love life and uh acts out you know his romances and with the corpse who starts speaking after a while and Wow, wouldn't wouldn't imagine anybody would go there. It's like, what should we write about? Oh yeah, Bravo. it's not got but a little necrophilia in it. Well, uh, yeah, one one point, uh, the he he's he's showing us uh, this this he finds all this junk in this cave and and including this issue of Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue, and the uh, the corpse becomes aroused and he uses its penis to. Uh, as a com- compass needle. Oh. Wow. So. Yeah. Wow. When are they going to make another Harry Potter movie? <laughs> I think Daniel Radcliffe needs something to do. Um, he's very good in it. Um, uh, probably my favorite movie I saw was Only Yesterday, which is a Studio Ghibli movie from 1991, directed by Isao Takahata. Hmm. Um, Not seen it. So that one's about this uh, this woman. She's twenty seven. She and she's headed on the train back to this like she's you know she's been working in Tokyo and she's headed back to this country farm that she had happy childhood memories at. Uh-huh. And so she so it has her present memories and her child memories, and then she goes back and um. So in terms of plot, very little happens. Almost nothing happens. Mm-hmm. But it's just gorgeous yeah just beautiful i mean just to look at and the way that the the way it's told the body language and the animation and you know how it comes out is is just a awesome awesome movie um and then the last one i saw was frank sinatra's movie tony rome which is kind of 60s yeah noir have you seen that one i've not seen that one but yeah nope i've uh, seen some frank sinatra yes yeah, jill st john yeah uh, Richard Conte is this like uh, is police guy who's like keeps batting up against him and uh, yeah it's got a really good cast and it looks great it's like Miami in 1967 oh, uh, nice. colourful and yeah, it's pretty cool he made this one and then Lady in Cement with Raquel Welch was okay, the same yeah. character and it's uh, yeah it's quite good yeah you should check it out awesome um, yeah I think that was it oh yeah. yeah the most bizarre movie I saw was um, wait Thundercrack. Most bizarre and Swiss Army Man. Was oh, it's way it. better than Swiss Army. Well, if you, bizarre. I yeah, guess, if you if can you take, take Swiss Army good. Man and you think you've seen it all, check out Thundercrack from 1975. Okay. Very. Uh, I used to watch this when it was on the Scala in London, uh-huh. and it was with an audience who are already in a kind of altered state of mind. Yeah. Hooting along to this movie, it's like. It's so strange you should look it up i can't really explain it it's david lynch edward hardcore old dark house uh comedy thing porn <laughs> sounds good yeah <laughs> it's or so at the very least so interesting. strange uh, i'm I, I enjoyed it much better with an audience just laughing away wow. yeah right. it's so strange thundercrack yeah 1975 <laughs> right yeah, George Cushar movie. Anyway, that was it. Wow. I almost forgot I watched Return of the Creature and was surprised to see Clint Eastwood in it. Oh, yeah. He's, yeah. In, he's in the lab. Yeah. 
Oh, look, there's the rat. It's in my pocket. Ha <laughs> ha. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So watch that. And, uh, it had less bombastic orchestral stuff than the first movie. Right. But they did bring some of it in, but not. not yeah. It's not, it's not every five top. seconds. Mm-hmm. All right. We have no choice, but to now discuss Manos. Okay. The hands of fate. Which translates to hands, the hands of fate. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, Will, I think you brought this. No, my nephew brought your this nephew to my attention. Your nephew brought this to your attention. He did. He I'm said, just very, very familiar with the film. So, this episode will drop on November 15th. And this, this was something we were able to kind of plan uh, time-wise. And I, I knew for some reason, oh, we should do that soon. Um, we're recording this on November 9th. This episode drops on November 15th, which will be, to the day, 50 years since this movie came out. Mm. Half a century old. November 15th, 1966. Um, it's a low-budget horror film written, directed, and produced by and starring Harold P. Warren. Now, Fertilizer salesman from El Paso, Texas. <laughs> so tell us about that, because you've, you've that's heard... That's about it. That's, that's all you know for sure? Yeah, I don't... There's not much about this movie, because who the fuck would care? <laughs> Nobody... This, why is this thing even around? Why is think this even a thing? Think of all these great <laughs> silent films that are lost forever. Yes. And this thing, yeah. I've seen about 20 times. Right. Now... <laughs> An interesting thing about how it came about does tie into the Mystery Science Theater 3000 people. And do, do you know this is how it kind of came? I know they showed it. I watched it, it was, their episode. So, it was made on a bet with Sterling Silicon. I know that. Yeah. So, um, so Warren was an insurance and fertilizer salesman, as you said, from El Paso. And uh, it was a result of a bet. And he basically used like community theater people. Yeah, I and, know he used community theater people. I had heard that it was because he had bought a lot, like a like an auction lot, you know, um, and there was film in there, and and he just they just were like, well, let's make a movie, and he had some tie to community theater, um, but obviously maybe the research has gone deeper than. People are really digging. I bet there's like 16 pages of this on Wikipedia. Which is insane, isn't it? Like, like there's so much dedicated to it. Uh, the whole thing was shot... Really? My God. <laughs> uh, the whole thing was shot for um, $19,000, which translates to about 139000 in today's money, which you couldn't do a very good movie on that kind of budget today. Um mm-hmm. 16 millimeter Bell and Howell camera. I think you could do a really good movie for that, but you'd have to be really yeah. frugal. Yeah. You'd have to have the tightest script and two people. Yeah, you could probably do one of those that you can shoot on your phone. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, this uh, camera they use could only shoot 32 seconds of mm-hmm. footage at a time. And that explains yeah. all the weird edits uh, and what feels like scenes that pick back up sort of weirdly yeah um how it came about and and i read up on this and of course wikipedia was one of the sources um there was a newspaper article by cinematographer bob Guidry 
his ex-wife, Pat Ellis Taylor. And um, they said that this, uh, this movie appeared on a local television station and it was um, listed at the bottom page of a film catalog that you could rent it for $20 and just show it on your local creature feature situation or whatever. Okay. So a lot of small affiliates could just go, all right, what are, what are all these crappy films we can rent and show? Yeah. And uh, not go over budget at all. And uh, the film resurfaced uh, through a 16 millimeter print, which probably came from one of these television packages of a bunch of bad films. And they were sent to um, Comedy Central. And this, this found its way into a box of films that Frank Conniff was supposed to look through to decide, does anything look like it would go well on Mystery Science Theater 3000? And this was in 1992. Yeah. And uh, he watched this and chose it for Mystery Science Theater 3000. And the rest is history as far as that part goes. And of course, we know about the master print or a working print being found and a restoration being done for God knows why. But if you're going to watch this thing, why not watch a better looking version of it? I guess. No, <laughs> I would argue that a better looking version will be worse. <laughs> if you can make it Here, worse. What, what, what are you seeing that you missed before? Yeah, exactly. In fact, I want to, I don't know, deterioration of this <laughs> film. Somebody should take some sandpaper to it. And how clearly do you want to see the clapperboard flying across the screen? Oh, that was oh, yeah. beautiful. I, yeah. But this this is just some people went out with the camera and shot stuff. Of course you're going to see a clapperboard. But they could have cut that. There yeah, was they could still have. Time. They... But you, you just you just start watching this thing. Well, of course, you got to see that. You're probably going to see the whole crew walking around. Yeah. Oh, it was crazy. <laughs> Apparently, uh, people who were in the film or involved with it sneaked out of the premiere. Yeah. Yep. It started rolling, and it was so embarrassing that the they... little girl cried. Yeah, because her voice was overdubbed by a woman. Yes, obviously. Very obviously. She didn't even try to sound like a child very much. Um, she sounded creepy at times. Oh, yeah. It was like a worse than a Chucky doll. So how did you first... Did you first see it on Mystery Science Theater? Okay. Yeah. Uh, what did you think the first time you saw it? Oh, man, it blew my mind. <laughs> it wasn't the worst thing I'd seen. Um, but it was pretty close. Yeah. And... Wow, it was terrible. It still is. After all these years, it's still terrible every time I watch it. I've I've now watched it three times. Mm. Oh man! I oh, <laughs> I'm just watching it in disbelief. I'm like, all right. So the movie starts, and there's so much driving around, and I love the driving. It's footage. that's about the best bit. You get to see some <laughs> landscape. Yeah, yeah. I get Texas. to see El Paso, which is not a pretty town. Yeah. I hope we didn't lose any El Paso listeners with that. I don't think I've seen any El Paso. You get to see some pretty hills and on the stats. Yeah. Cruise around the desert. That's but that's the best yeah. bit. I'm I'm trying to say good things. Oh man. So there's they I film the back of that woman's head yeah. on one of the driving scenes for the longest time. <laughs> and everybody's got these great bouffant hairdos. Yep. From the mid-60s. 
Really nice. Lots of Aquanet. Yeah. And I bet that whole set just smelled like Aquanet. And shame. Lots of shame. <laughs> so they drive around forever. And a cop... They're looking for the va- Valley Lodge. Yeah. Which had a beautiful sign. Yeah. Clearly marked exit yeah. to take. Uh, Yet they somehow don't find the place. Well, what was the sign misplaced I, on purpose? Well, it's it just yeah, supernatural. Sign, they, they go down there and they just keep going and they don't find it. Yeah, they don't find it. They turn around and they can't find their way back. And then they find. They go through a stargate. Torgo's house or the master's house. Yeah, Torgo's just watching it for him. Yeah. Um. Torgo, real? Did you did you read up on uh, the sad story behind that actor? Yeah, he killed himself. John Reynolds. Yeah, just before the movie was premiered, I think he got off easy. Wow, I always heard it was a couple of years after. No, this. No, it was just yeah, it was just before it came out. Yeah. yeah, like in October. He knew. He knew what they had done, and he knew there Man, was a record of it. Man, I bet they dedicated this film to him. And that is so insulting. <laughs> this is really the final insult. Yeah. The guy who played the master is Tom Neiman. Yeah. Tom Neiman. And he built these, like, coat hanger appliances. Yeah. He's supposed to be a satyr. Yeah, at one point he was supposed to be a satyr. And then, then they thought, oh, well, a hunchback's been done. Let's do a hunch leg. So they gave him these hunch legs. But no one, no one mentions it. No. no. Oh, and, and he goes back and forth between having hooves and boots. Yeah. Apparently, there's some little. Does, does he have hooves? He has hooves in in a couple scenes. A couple scenes. You have to really watch. Yeah. And on the Mystery Science Theater version, you can't see it because they're I, blocking I, the screen. I got, I, I've seen this with the Mystery Science Theater version years ago because it was the only way I could get to see it. Yeah. And uh, you know, got through it. And then I watched it again, just straight, and it was just, I, I, I just couldn't keep attention on it. Yeah. Uh, you know, once they got inside the house, I was just, I found myself just looking out the window or something. It's <laughs> so bad. Yeah. I tried, I, I remember what else I watched this week. What was that? I tried to watch Astro Zombies, <clears throat> which they've done a new release of, all and? cleaned up. How how does that nice cleaned up version look? Once again, I could not get through Astro Zombies. Mm. I have never been able to make it to the end. <laughs> it is like an obstacle course yeah. or an endurance test. It's, I it's got Teresa Tanner in it, but she's just wasted. She just everybody's sits on the couch. wasted. The monster looks pretty good, wasted. <laughs> and then they have like I don't want to talk about Astro Zombies. It's worse <laughs> than Manos, though. I would say. <laughs> So because this is so bad, people are attracted to it. Yeah. I mean, it honestly does make Plan 9 look like... Oh, yeah. Plan 9 competent. It's yeah, just... I will happily watch that again. Yeah. Semi-competent. Yeah. I mean, at least... It's every... the kind of movie a drunk would make. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, they'd start out with good intentions, but drinking would quickly make the project go askew we'll say yeah i think that's fair Uh, this thing just manos just looks incompetent in the worst possible ways 
You feel almost bad making fun of it. It looks like high school students made it. Yeah. Maybe junior high, not even high school. My cousin and I made a few films in uh, junior high, early high school. Um, I think they were probably better than this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I made like short, like 16 millimeter films at school. and We, we did I, all. We, I think they were better. Yeah, VHS camcorder and lots of patience with two VCRs. Right. But there's yeah. no, there's no, I didn't feel any love in it. I mean, knowing it was made on a bet rather than people scrabbling together money and, you know, or being like Edward and desperate to make a, to make a movie. This, this just felt like it was, no one had any love for it. No. I think this is about the tenth movie we've talked about that has a damn Doberman in it. Like probably, we, <laughs> if somebody counts those all up, we'll send you something. We, maybe we'll do a, uh, an art print or a T-shirt of um, Nazi of a, Rob Zombie riding a Doberman. A Doberman, because <laughs> those three things—Nazis, Rob Zombie, and Dobermans—just keep coming up. Yep. We haven't made a T-shirt for the Haddonfield Lovers yet. Oh, I intend to. My monitor, I don't. I know I haven't told you guys this. My monitor has been really acting up, so I have to go monitor shopping this weekend. Not the lizard, the the screen for my mm-hmm. computer. And uh, the first time I did it was a few weeks ago. I had uh, gone to bed, and I could see this crazy strobe light happening from the other room. And I go in there, and it's just awful like that did you go there it, it, it was beyond what poltergeist looked like it was it was like okay i'm gonna trip over something if i don't get over there and unplug that right now and uh unplugging the power supply and plugging it back in sort of reset it but then it started doing this thing where it would just shut off it would just go black and the little power light was still on and i yeah. discovered that if i unplugged the power plug from the back of the monitor and plugged it back in it would either come on for a few seconds or a few minutes or an hour. Stop you here. Is this the radio version of the driving scene from tonight's this movie? This is. This is. I'm just trying. What's to, the point? I'm trying to get us to 45 minutes. For fuck's sake. Oh, we can keep talking about stuff. Okay. So anyway, um, never mention the election, though. No. Did I mention that I watched a um, a live version of Idiocracy? No. Yeah, it was last night. It went on for hours. <laughs> uh, okay, so all of that was to say that I can't work on anything meaningful on the computer. Oh, yes, okay. Until I, I can it. trust my monitor to not shut off in the middle of it. Because you could be executing some really you know, careful move in Photoshop or Illustrator or whatever you're working in. Oh. And all of a sudden the monitor's gone. You have to let go of the mouse and go, oh, man. That. You have to you have to close your eyes and remember where the save button is. Right. I guess you get to do control S. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So, um that long aside aside. Uh so this movie So uh, no lovers of Haddonfield. Not yet. Um I do have a Ben Tramer pin on the way. I bought somebody's enamel pin of the blonde Michael Myers mask. It, it's Ben Tramer. Two Excellent. different companies have made them. I was surprised. So anyway, um, 
so this movie gets us finally to the point where people are talking and they're not saying anything. It's over overdubbed. That too. I mean, it's it's beyond like what an Italian movie would do. So, uh, wow, that is stunning artwork. It doesn't bother me in Italian movies anymore. No, you get used to it. Yeah. This movie... But I really hate when they overdub a movie and it's clear that they all sh- they shot it, you know, from across the room. Uh, Beast of Yucca Flats. <laughs> Have you seen that? Yeah. I've heard about this. Tor Johnson's mm-hmm. in it. He's the titular beast. Ah. Um... It's bad, and they filmed it from, like, about 30 yards away in every scene. Like, the cameraman couldn't get any closer. I don't know why. There's tons of scenes where it's either a person or a car coming slowly towards the camera, and then the next shot will be said person or car moving away from the camera. (laughs) (laughs) Just does it time after time. Oh, man, it's bad. Uh... Yeah, the, 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 the lovers, speaking of the lovers of Haddonfield, okay, so the lovers in the car have nothing to do with the story. Well, she was meant to be part of the story, but she injured her leg or something. So to keep her in the movie, they just shot these necking scenes. Okay. Oh. That makes a lot she more probably, sense. probably, yeah, hurt her it, leg. It makes sense now. In the wrestling. Yeah. So there's always hilarious <laughs> scenes where it cuts to the people necking in the car. Yeah. For hours, apparently. I just assumed that was filler. Yeah. It's like we, we still have... 2,000 feet of film. Yeah, we have a... About... We can't leave till we shoot every foot. Yeah, we, we have 20 minutes of actual content. Should we make a short? No. Let's make a feature length. What do we do about the rest? Well, let's see. We'll get a couple of bumbling cops, a couple of people making out, and about 40 minutes of driving. And we'll get it covered. Yeah. But when, the, when they finally do start talking to the main character, you know, main characters talking to each other, um... It does seem like something a kid wrote. It was just dumb. Yeah. yeah. Well, literally everything that's written is dumb, except for when the master starts giving his speech slash incantation. Yeah, he wrote his own speech, didn't he? Yeah. Like, maybe he should have written everything. Yeah. Because that was actually interesting, at least. I mean, you could kind of believe him for a minute. Kind of. (laughs) But not really. The painting on the wall. Uh, yeah, he did that as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is the guy who, you know. He should have been in charge of this thing. Yeah. Uh, I love the fact that MST3K t- MS said, uh, hey, it's a, Frank Ver- it's a Frank Frazetta of Frank Zappa. <laughs> yes, now I always see Frank Zappa when I see the master. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah, that was good. So, wow. Yeah. Early 80s. Yeah, they, they actually made the film better, not just because they talked over it. They edited it down. So there's bits that aren't in the MST3K I noticed that. version. Yeah. Because I watched the regular version of it without them. It's much harder to tell what the, the clapperboard is in the MST one. Uh-huh. It's just some flash. Mm-hmm. And today, I think, it's the first time I've actually seen it, it seemed longer than they than in the MST3K. And to be fair, a lot more competent people made the Salem's Lot remake, and they dropped a boom mic into a scene. Yeah, so I, that's why I find it. Uh, you know, there's lots of shows where they 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 just take the Mickey out of incredibly cheap 
movies, mm-hmm. uh, you know, which can't help but they, you know, that's the best they could do. You know, they have to leave things in. Right. Yeah. Uh, Rob uh, Morrow's only on set one day, people. He's <laughs> got much, shit to do. It's <laughs> much fairer sport to take the Mickey out of things which had a budget. Right. Which had a bit of time. Yeah. And then and still made a mess. Yeah. And and a lot of people just jump on the train of of uh, oh let's make fun of this or let's hate this. Mm. And a lot oh, of... I'm I'm on that train. <laughs> no, mean... I don't mean this movie. I mean, but like in general. Oh, okay. Okay, like people will be like, oh yeah, Showgirls is I really think stupid. Manos needs every bit of hate it can gather. <laughs> oh, of course. It's a bad movie. But when people get on like Showgirls, for example, uh huh, it's really. Have cool. you seen the the cleaned up, edited for TV version? <laughs> I don't think I have. <laughs> Try to find it. They edit clothes onto the showgirls. Oh, really? And I'm not just talking like pasties. They try to edit like shirts and oh, so it's like C- CG or something. Yes, only <laughs> it's a little closer to say Roger Rabbit than <laughs> than you know. Wow. Uh, Transformers or something. Oh, it's, that. Yeah. And they, they've they picked like the best. Uh, the Coen brothers did this for uh, The Big Lebowski. I guess you can record bits for the film or the TV edit. Right. So you can do, you know, reline reads differently. Mm-hmm. Dur- during production instead of post production. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, so it'll sound the same. To, yeah. But they get to pick up. You know, they get to make up whatever they want them to say that's cleaned right. up. And uh... <laughs> do you see what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps? Yes, that's it. Yeah, that's that's from uh, Big, Big Lebowski. Lebowski. Do you see what happens? Do you see what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps? <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, this movie could have been edited down to about a 20 minute short. It'd still be no good. It would still be no good, but at least there'd be less making out and poorly acted cops. Yeah, you, and wouldn't, you wouldn't feel your life drifting slowly away. by. It. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to be on my deathbed thinking, I fucking watched Manos Hands of Fate three yeah. times. You don't want to watch this when you're over a certain age because it might be the last movie you watch and that would just be terrible. It, yeah. You know, we don't want someone giving a eulogy and saying, well, you know, he was doing something he really enjoyed when he died. He was watching Manos Hands of Fate. The robe, Ooh. though. The master's robe. Yeah. That's pretty funny. With the, the big hands on it. Yeah. Yep. And w- I was watching it, and when he raises his arms up, and you can see how the hands are, the thumbs are together, so it's sort of making the shape of a W. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I thought of uh, Sean and Ed from uh, Sean of the Dead. And Ed sort of signals to Sean while Sean's on the phone with Liz, like Winchester. And he just kind of makes the W with his fingers. Yeah. I thought of that when I saw that. So uh, any favorite uh, things to hate in this movie, Will? What is your number one favorite thing to hate in this movie? Ooh. The length? (laughs) The, The sheer amount of time spent. Yes. Um, I would say the poorly acted cops really irritate me. Yeah, they were pretty bad. I mean, all the acting is terrible. Um, 
I guess the models that they hired to do the the master's wives yes the master's wives to, to do their nightgown sand wrestling scene i guess that the agency didn't want them to be wearing anything too skimpy mm-hmm. yes which would have made that scene at least bearable if they were you know skimpy yeah i don't think so <laughs> there's nothing you could have done for this film <laughs> This film should have been stopped. There they should have, be some sort fight, of agency. They fight each other for some reason, don't they? And there's yeah, just they get these up, women rolling around. They get upset over the master <clears throat> or Torgo. Or taking on a new wife into new, the fold yeah. or some crap like that. And whether or not they should kill the little girl. Oh, or, yeah, they're, they're upset the little girl that is going to be made one of his wives. Yeah, well, no, they're upset because they want to kill... Well, some of them are upset because they want to kill the others want to kill her Mm -hmm. and yeah and then the others are upset that the master wants to marry a six-year-old they're not cool with it they thought he was cool but now he's pulling some sketchy shit (laughs) (laughs) so um harold p warren following the premiere said that died in a gutter (laughs) he should have he said he felt this was the worst film ever made oh so he Agreed with you. You know, this makes me worry that this is a birdemic. Oh. Learning that this was a bet, this just seems like maybe he set out to make crap. I think it probably started with, you know, just filming scenes around El Paso and they're like, let's make a movie. Yeah, we could just paste all this stuff together. According to Wikipedia, following its debut, the film had a brief theatrical run at the Capri Theater as well as a few screenings at various drive-in theaters in West Texas and New Mexico towns, including, guess where? Las Cruces? Yeah! Yeah. That, that's I'm, your... sure it, I'm sure it played there. That was your home, your hometown, right? Pretty much. Yeah. So, uh, what would that have been like? Wow, what if you were conceived at a drive-in showing Manos? <laughs> wow. <laughs> that would have been something. But I know for a fact my folks were in Iowa watching a print of Creeping Terror. Oh, okay. okay. You're off the hook. Yeah. Uh, I saw El Mariachi uh, in Deming, and, you know, it costs like $700 to make. Right. And, uh, I mean, they they did a lot of work on it afterwards to to make it releasable. But when I saw it, it felt like it could have been a manos hands of fate so i i imagine it's the same sort of thing you know uh, well you know rodriguez's story on that one that that was sort of a practice run for him making a movie he's like yeah okay a lot of editing in camera a lot of stuff i need to know has to happen right yeah so gotta have my timing ready for this and do it and it was kind of a how to make a movie movie it really wasn't meant to be a finished thing yeah, it wasn't uh, it wasn't dubbed or subtitled when I saw it. So. Oh wow! I mean, it looked like a home movie. Yeah. I mean, it was. I mean, it much better film than Manos. Mm. <coughs> yeah. What's course, a worse film? Either of you. A worse film than Manos. Manos. That's a great yeah. question. Or is this? Yeah. A, is this there's there's like plenty a, of films that are like really dull, dull, but I've just given up on. I'm just not finished. Yeah. So I, I've made it through this one, but by making myself watch it because 
you know yeah of its reputation or you know people saying i needed to see it i'm so, sorry if but i'm done with it now <laughs> i am so sorry if somebody told you you need to see manos mm. there were some art house the art house movies that were kind of difficult to get through like breaking the waves or dancer in the dark yeah but i'd say those aren't they're not bad movies they're not bad i they're well made i suppose this thing has absolutely nothing going for it no nothing not a damn thing (laughs) there's no clever lines yeah there's a little bit the master wrote but by the time Mm. you get to that you've you've checked out mentally like, yeah you're like I, you know i couldn't tell you what anybody says in this film and i've seen it so many times <laughs> how come you've seen it so many times just because it's the mystery science theater uh-huh. version now i'll turn those on and right run it in the background since warren did win the bet mm-hmm. do we know what the bet was no well you mean four yeah what what was the bet for like what amount of money what yeah, because like the only people who who benefited from this movie were the dog and yeah, the way it was really funny how they worded it in Wikipedia. I actually underlined it somewhere. Yeah, um, so I wonder what he made from it from Sterling Silverman. Oh yeah, that's a good question. Um, Got title of director of the worst movie ever made. <laughs> uh, let's see. I think he wanted to make a sequel, didn't he? But no one was interested. Here, yeah. here's how, here's how it's worded. This is almost as entertaining as um, every horrible thing in this movie. In Wikipedia, it's worded this way: reports that the only crew members who were compensated for their work in the film were Jackie Neiman and her dog and her family's dog, who received a bicycle and a large amount of dog food. <laughs> I'm just picturing the dog getting a bicycle. Why is the dog and the little girls getting dog food? <laughs> bad enough she was in this film i hope they took her away from her parents <laughs> well so the um, dog's name was peppy how do i know that i don't know yeah they say it at some point yeah well the little girl wakes up and and asks for peppy okay and then sometime later they mention okay. that when the wife's crying what is this horrible place i know my favorite part of this movie <laughs> the fake dead dog no Torgo's uh, <laughs> running away with the flaming stump. Nope. Oh. <laughs> Torgo's inept groping of several women in this movie. Oh. With a shaky hand, and it gets me every time. Yeah, I, I was, I was considering like what, other than having made a horrible movie, what could have made him want to kill himself? And I thought, what well, if you found out this was a joke? Oh. Wasted all that time. Yeah, like this was a bet, literally. Yeah. Well, there's some speculation he was on something. Well, that's. I was wondering, like, was he maybe a drug addict who just couldn't take it anymore? Mm. You know, I thought, well, people who are messed up on heroin could look like Torgo looked and acted. He was, yeah, he was in this movie and it killed him. <laughs> literally, it killed him. Um, Jackie Neiman Jones, her last married name, I'm assuming. Uh, who played Debbie? Perhaps she added that <laughs> to for, further you to know, distance herself. Distance herself <laughs> from this. Um, 
She played Debbie in the original film, uh, launched a Kickstarter campaign in February of 2016 to make a sequel to Manos, entitled Manos Returns. And according, further according to Wikipedia... Manos isn't even in this, in the first one. (laughs) Well, that's true, but who's counting, right? Well, according to her, they were not planning on trying to recreate Manos, but they were going to create a tongue-in-cheek film that takes place in the same storyline. Um, apparently it was funded. They got their goal of uh, $24,000 um, by February 24th of this year. And it's supposed... God damn it. It's supposed to debut... Why aren't I on Kickstarter? I know. People will fund any goddamn thing. <laughs> well, People should have been paying to stop this. <laughs> Coney 2012 should have been... Manos 2016. Right. You know, we'll pay so you don't make that film. <laughs> yeah. Um, if that film did indeed get made in the time frame and for the amount said, it would be premiering next week or the day this drops. Maybe, yeah. So I guess we'll have to will you will. do a little search and see if it turns up. Jolene, do you have any favorite or least favorite things about this? Mm-mm. No? No. It's crap through and through. <laughs> do, you, do you feel horrified for having had to watch it again? Um, yeah. Well, no. Um, <laughs> yeah. Tom yeah. Neiman's about the best actor in it. Yeah. And he has that funky cloak with the hands on it. And he did the painting. And he built the hunch knees. So, yeah. So hunch good for legs. him. You know, he's trying. The dog, yeah. the, the Doberman was competent. Yeah. Peppy was cute. Yep. Yeah, the dogs are always good. Yeah. The dogs showed up for Satan, it. Satan's cheerleaders, the dogs were great in that as well. Oh, yes. yeah. That's right. That's Actually, a better yeah. film than this. I saw a, I just read that book about Vampira, and there was, a, there was a punk band in L.A. called Satan's Cheerleaders who, who got together with her and they cut an EP. Oh. Some, she, some, she's some, on it? Yeah, some of it's Elvira just, uh, doing vocals, and then, uh, and then there's a one side of the record is her telling her reminiscences about James Dean and so on. Oh, wow. I'll have to track that down. They should have written a song about her reminiscences of James Dean. <laughs> well, the Misfits. Well, she got together the Misfits. And yeah. They, they did the Elvira song. Yeah. Vampire. I, I don't know if that is that a cover version of the original Rockabilly Elvira, uh, Vampire song. Um, I, I, as far as I knew, that was an original by them, but. Okay. Because yeah. there, there was a rockabilly song called Vampire. Oh, I'll have to check that out. Maybe somebody covered them. That's, that's always possible. Um, anyway. Yeah. Uh, so I saw a picture of um, Jonah Ray, who was going to be on the, the new MS. Science Theater. Yeah. yeah. He was wearing the Manos robe. Oh, nice. He had obviously uh, done something with his mustache to look more like the master. And I think that was his Halloween, one at least one of his Halloween costumes this year. Yeah. Was the master from Menos, which really fits for him because he's part of the MST3K um, group, group, legacy. Faction. <laughs> yes. <laughs> whatever you want to call them. Splinter Cell. Sleeper. <laughs> well. Unit. Um. So this movie had people committing suicide and weeping in disappointment and dogs getting bicycles and food in payment. And the director got punched. The director got punched. <laughs> yeah, this woman came up to him 
because she was so horrified that the uh, guy had married a six-year-old. Oh, good. He got punched yeah, for that. Yeah, so woman came up and punched him. All right. They should have killed her. So there was a... Wait, a, does that make it better? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So nothing good came of this movie except for a few laughs at its expense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yet somehow... When we come to this question at the end of uh, discussing a movie, which I assume there's not much more to say about it, um, would you recommend it? Is the question I always ask, and no. <laughs> even even for laughs. No, I would not. Don't waste your time. To anybody. <laughs> I would recommend it to a specific person. With I figure by this point everybody knows about this movie. Yeah, which I was is another crying shame i was relatively unaware of it six months ago and now i've seen it three times i may be projecting my feelings onto this film (laughs) that aren't really related to the film (laughs) maybe but more the current situation as i told you on the phone it was a shitty movie for a shitty mood yeah i guess that would be probably about right yeah idiocracy live yeah, that's good. Um, Mike Judge was way off. He thought it was going to take 500 years. Hmm. Didn't didn't at all. No. Nope. But um, brilliant movie, really. Yeah. Kind of shows you. Have you thought of a film that's worse than this? Um. Well, we. This isn't the worst. What is? This is probably one of the worst things I've ever seen. I mean, I've watched some dull movies where the sin was being dull, but they were competently made. Yeah. Yeah, but The Creeping Terror has at least got a monster in it. The Creeping Terror it also has a better story behind the scenes. The town oh, yeah. Yeah. was cheated. The movie was made, they gathered the money up for a con man. Oh. And he split town, but the people in it decided, well, let's go ahead and make the movie anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They shouldn't have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's probably not a lot out there that's worse than this. Uh, Red Zone, Cuba, Beast of Yucca Flats. I like that one better. It's How about Tor the Tor Johnson? Tor Johnson is in it. I actually prefer both of those movies. Mm. I I like uh, Coleman Francis, who looks like a murderous curly howard wow <laughs> oh man and red zone cuba is kind of touches on my favorite fantasy subject of the jfk assassination with oh. the, a failed <clears throat> bay of pigs attack so you know i'm a little bit obsessed with the jfk assassination and everything that surrounds it uh, well I joke that, you know, uh, Jean likes, you know, fantasy. She'll read fantasy, normal, you know, dragons or whatnot. Yeah. Ghosts. Uh, my fantasy, my favorite fantasy is JFK conspiracy theories. Yeah. I just love to think that they're all true. <laughs> all of, no matter how much they contradict one another, they're all true. And they, and they can all tie into who killed uh-huh. Marilyn. Oh, they can tie into everything that was happening then. Yeah. He was killed by haberdashers because he didn't wear a hat. That is the best conspiracy I've heard so far. That's a good one. Because who would 
who would have expected the haberdashers? Well, he wore no. a top hat on inauguration day, if I remember right. Yeah, but you're not going to wear a t- uh, top hat around in 1960. <laughs> Maybe not. As a president, he didn't wear a hat, and it made hats unpopular. Oh. And that was weakened the hat sales, and haberdashers killed him or had him killed. Oh. And without a hat, they had a really clear shot at him. Oh. Okay. Oswald's uncle owned a hat shop. Oh, man. I am wow. all on board with this suddenly. Oswald himself wore a hat at one point, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> That's proof or something like it. <laughs> Did you get into that uh, Stephen King JFK thing. Eleven twenty two sixty three. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think you that. told me you did. And I mean, it was goofy as the book was. I kind of liked the book, but it went on too long. Like every Stephen King story, he needs an editor. <laughs> yeah, just a better editor. He does. I don't think they edit him at all. I think whatever he sends in, they'll print. Just stream of consciousness coming off his keyboard. Yeah. Well, all right. I mean, he's not terrible. I don't. He's Stephen King or anything, but uh, he needs an editor. There are a lot of people who read nothing but Stephen King who should read other stuff. Oh, yeah. I I shouldn't judge these people, but I have adults come in who want young adult books at the bookstore. And I go, where are the young adults? And you know they're not buying them for their kids because they're too young for that. But, you know, they're in their 20s, early 30s. I just think. Grow up a little. Get out, moron. Yeah. <laughs> read, read something for grown-ups. Uh, Julian, do you have any favorite uh, conspiracy theories? <laughs> I, I, ever I, get, have you ever been into conspiracy theories? I, I used to like, uh, you know, in the 70s, it was Eric Von Daniken. Oh! Out all these theories about how yeah, yeah, aliens the, uh, built the pyramids. Chariots so of the Gods. Watching those old documentaries. Oh man, those were great. Yeah, because it, it was just like, you know, Jack Kirby did those great stories based off of them. And, yes. Um, yeah, they're, they're just fun. I didn't, they're didn't believe totally, them. No, no, that's totally how but, the JFK uh, thing is. And we we used to work with a guy who was into every conspiracy. Oh, I forgot. <clears throat> I yeah. totally forgot. He really went off the deep end for a while there. Yeah, he did. Um. That was kind of unusual to watch. Um, somebody showed him some hidden symbol on the back of a dollar bill, and it broke his mind. <laughs> yeah, I think he got into all the Alex Jones stuff, and it was just like watching the descent into madness. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Because once you go start going down that road, it's just... Yeah. And too much of it's unknowable anyway. So even if... It could be true. Who gives a damn? There's no way of verifying any of it. I like when they try to verify things using newspaper articles, but then the rest of the time they tell you how everything in the newspaper is a lie. Right. (laughs) You fucker, make up your mind. Pick one and stick with it. But no, maybe they're both true. Yeah, it could be. Don DeLillo has a, uh, DeLillo has a good book called Libra that's about uh, Oswald. Oh. And, uh, Gonna write that down. It's it's fantastic. Uh, it has a plot, in a, you know, a secretive group that's forming. I think they're all CIA people. 
basically it's you know every all these things are kind of true but he doesn't make it funny it's as far as the oswald bits are true enough yeah i I watched the oliver stone movie and that kind of throws everything in there yeah jfk that's a great one it's the kgb i think that's probably what started my obsession with it well the worst thing with that movie for me was i watched it and i went oh shit it's all tied up i mean it's clearly true except for the part that mr x or whatever they called him at the end yeah was made up for the movie it wasn't like Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. This this dude didn't really come and talk to him. No, I. Uh, yeah, I don't think I ever believed that the movie was true. Yeah, the it's lo- always been this like. <clears throat> I don't know. When I was at college, there was this uh, documentary, and everyone was excited about watching it because they would uh, clean up film. Uh huh. Shot of the grassy knoll and things. Yeah. But it was like you know that Antonioni film blow up. Uh-huh. We were just enlarging and enlarging and enlarging until we, it was just the dots that make up a photo. And they're saying, oh, this, now Look. this, if, if you color this, these dots in, you get a construction worker standing uh-huh. on the grassy knoll. And it's just... There's a puff of smoke from behind the grass. Yeah. So. The badge man. Okay. The badge man. The three hobos. The badge man. See, it's <laughs> all like m- mythological. It's fantastic. And this time of year. Too bad somebody had to die. Right. For, a, for, a, for us to be all giggly about it. But this time of year is great for this because cable television is just rife with JFK stuff for I, about two weeks. Yeah, because it happened on November 22nd. 22nd. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. On Elm Street. On Elm Street. Hmm. Coincidence? I think not. No, of course not. Elm, three letters, hat, three he letters. He obviously fell asleep when he was riding around in the car. Yeah. Uh, Freddie got him. <laughs> Elm Street. Uh, what was I going to say? I don't remember. Yeah. So. Oh, we... uh, this is the only time of year I, I listen to Snorri Nori, the uh, oh, yeah. coast-to-coast guy who replaced Art Bell. Yeah. Is JFK week. Oh, does he have a whole week of JFK stuff? Sometimes. I mean... I could binge on that so hard. Oh, yeah. I mean, you'll get uh, you'll get a lot of repeat stuff that you've already heard. Yeah. Um, so it gets dull after a while, but, you know, it's yeah. fun to hear some of the old favorites. Yeah. Like the monkey doctor who was carrying cancer and dating oswald huh i didn't hear about that one oh boy yeah there are some deep dives that people do into weirdness and conspiracy i i don't know where they find the time for it between work and uh it's a it's just a type of obsession i think your brain just goes into overdrive Oh, yeah. It's just obsessive thinking. So you start looking for all these patterns. It's like EVPs. Your mind is, yeah, it's the same sort of thing. Your mind looks for patterns. It's why you see faces. Oh, yeah. You know, two dots and a line. It doesn't really look like a face, but. No, it doesn't. But we see it as one. And geometric stuff occurs in nature so we shouldn't be surprised when we see things in nature that look geometric if we see things that look vaguely like a face if uh some crackles and pops on a look if you color these dots trouble is like i i don't i i can't go to the the other extreme and and say none of it's true 
because oh, this is not. the country where you have crazy things that you know. <laughs> oh, like... certainly, certainly. I mean, there you don't have. That's the thing. You don't really have to look at any conspiracy theories. Mm -hmm. What has actually happened mm -hmm. is plenty of hair raising. Yeah, you, you look at like the M Culture project and. Oh man, yeah. Yeah. We have a book on the CIA at work, and I'm like, should I read that? No. Yeah. I can't take that. Experiments and black prisoners. And oh, all sorts of stuff. I, I bet if you knew... Assassinating foreign leaders. Yeah. Installing Augusto Pinochet. <laughs> I bet if you knew what local cops were up to, you'd be like, holy shit, they did what? They get away with what? Uh, and not to single out cops, but like anybody who, who has some power or influence over other it's, people. It's almost... I don't want to say more understandable but um a cop i can understand the corruption i can understand why uh, and it's i mean it's terrible for the people in the town i'm sure um but they did this experience where they had people role-playing uh, like prison wardens and prisoners mm -hmm. yeah and so they give the people with the weapons and the badges mm -hmm. and, and they were testing it to see how how long it would take them to yeah, the jailers become were... Become monstrous. Yeah. And it was like hours, a matter of hours. Yeah. Um, but when the, when the government does it, oh, yeah. seems, you know, the CIA is, wow, it, cut all this out. <laughs> yeah, we should probably just uh, put the best of pops and hisses that sound like demons telling you to get out. You just say, that this is <clears throat> the missing 12 minutes... Yeah, I'm missing eighteen minutes of Nixon's Watergate tapes. I was just about to say, do you want me to insert some Nixon speech there? Because I could do that. No, but I do want you to. Enter, I am not a crook. <laughs> I want you to enter some uh, Torgo music at the end. Yeah, I will. And if you listen carefully, it sounds like it says, "Don't be bitter, don't be bitter." Okay, what should we talk about now so that we can patch it? Oh yeah, a, a patch it. No, what, just what should cut we do it next out. then, guys? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, what should we watch next? Should we watch so something wrapping good? It up. <laughs> yeah. Any ideas? Um, well, I did a good one last week and did a lot of research for it. Yeah. What is it? You did. Uh, Tenebrae. Tenebrae. Oh, Tenebrae. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't want to spend a long time doing that again. And time-wise, we had to wedge this one in because of the 50th anniversary. Yeah. And, uh, and I thought maybe this one had displaced one you had oh, worked no. on. No. Yeah. So this was my fault. Will, you got any favorites? Um, See, I'm taking blame for Manos. <laughs> yeah, you did suggest Manos. It is no, your... it was Johnny. Thanks, Johnny. Johnny. You can try to blame your <clears throat> nephew. <laughs> but he's not here to defend himself. So no. I hope to have him on the show sometime. Yeah. Um, I'll have to think about it. Okay. I so... don't know one off the top of my head. Okay. Did you guys uh, see I'd... Don't Breathe? No, I've not seen Don't Breathe. Is it out yet? Uh, it's coming out. I've got it on hold. Any okay. interest in 31 or The Blair Witch? Yeah, the I'd like Blair to see 31. Witch, another... I'd rather see 31. Okay. Okay. Um... Is it That's about to come out on home video, right? I'm pretty sure it is. Because it's, it's got like the expensive rental and then it'll drop to normal rental price. Okay. As far as on demand goes. Yeah. Um, we should probably do a show in December that's best of our first year. Like we could talk about some favorites and least favorites. <laughs> oh, okay. That that would be. I fun. thought maybe we would be recapping the 
last year of the podcast. With no. Remember when? Remember when we made a joke and then... <laughs> hey, remember that time we were talking about Rob Zombie, Nazis, and... Dobermans. Dobermans. <laughs> and possibly werewolves. There was a dog barking in the background. <laughs> Helicopter, <laughs> motorcycle. We're yet to hear any pimps or hookers or, or meth heads being loud in the alley. But uh, it's becoming a less hospitable environment. There's just things are changing around here. It's getting yep. getting crazy. It's getting money. Yep. Yep, money is flooding into this neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's gentrified on such a low level. <laughs> well, it's on the edge. Yeah. Do, do you crack you count crack money as gentrification? Um, your neighborhood was my no. where I live now was basically your neighborhood 15 years ago. Right. You know, uh cuz we would go down to the Isis bookshop Gene Wood and I remember probably going to Pope Yes Chicken Popeyes. <laughs> yeah. Their kerning was always weird on the E. It looks like y. it says Pope Yes. So it looked like my friend thought actually thought it was Pope Yes and she was confused <laughs> like is this some sort of Catholic chicken place? <laughs> but they serve fish on Friday. Yeah. They could serve chicken on Friday. Oh, uh, that's great. Uh what were we talking about? <laughs> Your neighborhood. Oh, yeah. So rough. it was it was like this. Okay. I mean, I think other than the the Pope Yes and the ISIS and the auto detailing place that looks like a weird block building. Yeah. Um, that was pretty much all that was down here that looked open or safe. Yeah. And then the antique shop opened down there at some point, and it was always like, oh, that's a sketchy one. We're out in sketchy town. <laughs> right. But yeah. It's, it's, it's Denver's getting... Denver's so blah. It's not it, scary, but don't move here. Yeah, dangerous isn't that dangerous. Hey, they legalized weed in a bunch of states. Good. So, move uh, out. Go home. <laughs> I'm not going to tell anybody what to do, but I'm just going to say there's more options available now if, if you want the legal weed. California is a lot better than Colorado. It's a lot bigger. Yeah. It has coast. If I had a chance, I would be living in California. Mm, take up surfing. Umbrella drinks. Probably not surfing, no. Maybe not. But a beach, yeah. Yeah, ride a cruiser bike. Like at the beginning of Three's Company. Yeah, probably. I, I, I'd love to live in Bodega Bay. Oh, yeah. yeah, I've been there. It's nice. <laughs> the birds. Yeah, yeah. just uh, yeah, sit in a lighthouse doing a late night radio show. Yeah. That'd be great. you got plenty of experience now. <laughs> hours and hours of doing this. All right, let's get out of here. Um, okay. Listeners, thank you for listening. If you get a chance, go give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Um, if you feel compelled to give us like the lowest rating possible, just don't listen. That's all I could say. We're not getting paid to do this. We do yeah. this because we have fun and it... Uh, Gets us watching some movies and talking about them. So uh, thanks again to the Moonrays for giving us intro creature features. And um, till next time, I usually say stay off the moors. Yeah. Okay. I like the new one. <laughs> yeah. This whole bit. This, this bit at the end? <laughs> yeah. Nah. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.
Manos, God of primal darkness, as thou hast decreed, so have I done. The hands of fate have doomed this man. Thy will is done. 